Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible study in the book of Revelation. Tonight we'll be study number three in chapter one. And we're going to be looking at verse one, which says the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John. And in our last study, we were looking at the word translated as revelation, apocalypsis. And this word we saw was found in a few places. One of them I want to turn back to, and that's in the book of Ephesians in chapter 3. And I'd like for us to read this again, beginning in verse 3 and the following verses. And it says there, How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read... You may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Now, here the Lord is moving Paul to record these things regarding the Gentiles being heirs of Christ as well as the Jews. And that was a breakthrough. That that was something shocking to the Jews themselves, even though it really shouldn't have been because we find scattered uh, verses and passages throughout the Old Testament which the Jewish people had in their possession, in which God uh, plainly, really, makes it known that it would be his plan to also grant salvation to the Gentiles or to the people of the various nations of the world. All we have to do is look at Ruth, the Moabitess, or uh, Rahab, the harlot, and, and we find that God was even in the Old Testament, actively saving people from the nations around Israel. And and yet it was a revelation of the mystery, because even though the scriptures were written, that now we look back on and we see plainly what God meant, yet until the Lord opened up the eyes of the Apostle Paul, until he moved Peter to visit Cornelius's house, and so on in the New Testament, there was not an official declaration from God that the Gentiles would be fellow heirs. But now it's plainly stated, as God moves Paul to write, that they are to be fellow heirs. There's no doubt about it. And so the mystery was what was recorded in various places in the Old Testament concerning the Lord's language of the nations of the world and how he indicated they would be blessed, of some of them, of course, only God's elect, as well as faithful Jews, God's elect amongst the Jewish people. And, and now that mystery was being revealed. So it is the revelation he made known unto Paul, the mystery. And then 
The Apostle Paul writes in verse 4, My knowledge in the mystery of Christ. We, we find that this word mystery appears several times in connection with the word revelation. And so let's take a look at the word mystery before we continue on looking at this word revelation. For instance, in Matthew 13, it says in verses 10 and 11, And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Here the Lord Jesus is answering the disciples' question, why he spoke in parables. And remember, a little later in this same chapter, the, the statement is made, Without a parable spake he not unto them. This was a, a constant method of Christ to teach. He spoke in parables. Why do you speak to them in parables? And then Jesus says to the disciples, It's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it's not given. In other words, if Christ spoke plainly, then everyone would know exactly what he was saying. The disciples would know, and the ones who were not the people of God would know. So God's plan was to hide truth, to hide it in parables that Christ spoke, to hide it in Proverbs that Solomon was moved to write, to hide it in the Psalms that God moved David to record, to hide it in historical parables through the Old Testament history, and so on. All through the Bible, God hid truth. And he hid it in various ways. And it is given to the people of God to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So God opens up our understanding. And there is one example when Paul was granted wisdom concerning the Gentiles. Now he could read the instances of references in the Old Testament where God refers to the Gentiles and he would understand them. And and he was sharing it with other believers, so other believers could also understand. This is how God wrote the Bible. He hid truth from the unsaved people of the world, but it's his plan to reveal it to the true children of God. Of course, the only exception to this is God had an additional plan to hide much information in the Bible, until the time of the end. And that's why the Bible speaks of sealing up the word until that period of time. But then the Lord's plan is to open the scriptures. And what does he say in Daniel 12, after we read that he would seal it up till the time of the end? Well, the next statement in Daniel 12, verse 10, is the wise will understand but none of the wicked will understand. In other words, once God unseals the scriptures that had been sealed throughout the many centuries, it will once again be
be the elect that are given the knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But it will be like gibberish. It will, it will be something unknown to the wicked people of the world. They don't have the resources or, or the ability or they don't have Christ to open up their eyes to see or understand these things. And so once again, we find that that's God's overall plan to reveal the mystery, which we would have to conclude is more than just the Bible. The mystery is the hidden truth found in the Bible that's recorded on the pages of the Bible. It says in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 4, and, and this is an interesting statement, in the first couple of verses of that chapter, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now this is saying much more than that we're stewards of the word of God. We are uh, God's people, are obligated, responsible to maintain the word of God for uh, generations down through time. And God's people did this, of course, as God did it through them. God watched over his word and protected it. So we know absolutely there's no question we have the whole Bible. There's nothing missing. There's nothing been added. We have the complete word of God, and and God uh, assures us of that. But more than being caretakers of the oracles of God, which Israel was in the Old Testament, and, and the church has borne that responsibility in the New Testament, we are stewards of the mysteries of the kingdom of God, the mysteries of God that are recorded on the pages of the Bible, the revelation of the mystery, and it is required in a steward to be found faithful. Now, this is really the problem of the churches. They, they have maintained, to some degree, the Bible, Yes, they, they have that in their possession still. And, and so have they accomplished their task of being a good steward of the mystery of God? No, because the mystery is the hidden truth of the word of God. In that, a steward must be found faithful. And so really, this particular task of stewardship is given to the elect people, to the children of God exclusively, because the professed Christian, who is not a true believer, he has no real spiritual insight, because he's not born again, he cannot properly care for the mysteries of the word. It is only the child of God who will be given understanding of these things or will see them in the first place. And it's the child of God who will uncover more mystery as God works in our lives to cause us to dig into the Bible further. And of course, it was his plan at the time of the end 
beginning with the Great Tribulation, to open up the Bible and to reveal the mysteries of the kingdom, the mysteries of the revelation of Christ. And we are stewards of these mysteries. That's why we don't just simply go back or or turn our backs on something that God has revealed from his word. It's extremely important that we maintain as a steward the faithfulness to what God has opened up. And so we must be steadfast in standing for the teaching of the end of the church age and the teaching of annihilation and the teaching of Christ dying for the sins of his people before the foundation of the world, and the teaching of May 21 as Judgment Day, and the teaching that we've been learning in this day of judgment concerning what God has done, as he has brought us along even further into the mysteries of his word. Uh, I'd like to go back. We read this last time in our last study to Romans 16 and read a couple of verses there in verses 25 and 26. It says, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. But is not, but now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. God recorded events that only he knew since the world began. But out of his uh, mercy and and his goodness and graciousness to us, He wrote these things down in the Bible to inform his people, to grant us greater understanding and knowledge of himself and of his kingdom and of things that we would have no way of knowing. And he wrote these mysteries down on the pages of the Bible. They're they're right there in plain sight, hidden in plain sight, we should say, And they are mysterious because they are unknown to the reader unless the reader follows the proper procedure that God has established in his word. In other words, this is like a great mystery novel. And all the clues of this whodunit are found on the pages of the Bible. And now God has given his people the honor and and the, the glorious task of searching the scriptures to find out the mystery. Remember, this is what we read in Proverbs 25 in verse 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing or a word. That's the Hebrew uh, debar. But the honor of kings is to search out a matter. And again, the the English word matter is debar, to search out a word. It is our job, our duty, our pleasure. It it, it is what brings us joy. God has uh, built this in to the child of God that we 
delight in searching the scriptures, in in checking out things to see if they're so, and to solve the mystery that he has placed in his word. And he he shows us, here's how you go about it. You compare spiritual with spiritual, carefully making sure that any conclusion you come to harmonizes with the whole of the Bible. And you put the puzzle pieces into place. They must fit. And, uh, of course, most importantly, pray to the Lord Jesus, to eternal God, to open up our eyes and to grant us, to give us the gift of understanding that we might see what he's saying. And as we do this, we find answers are forthcoming to this particular mystery and to that particular mystery. And especially in our day, when God has opened up the Bible, he's taken the seals off of the word of God and and now things that have never previously in times past been able to be known are now able to be understood by the child of God. And we actually have learned a great deal regarding many doctrines of God's word in just the last few years and learning the number of things we have to the degree we have in such a relatively short period of time is really unprecedented in Bible study. God uh, doesn't always operate this way, but since we're at the time of the end, it is his plan to open up the mystery of the revelation. You know, it also says in Romans, in chapter 2, God makes an interesting statement in verse 5. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Now, we, we might not catch this unless we read it slowly. And sometimes we need to reread things. But notice, God is speaking about the day of wrath. That's judgment day. And see how he links together his revelation. There's that word, apocalypsis. In the end of verse 5 of Romans 2, Treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Now there, it would seem that God is indicating that the day of wrath or judgment day is also going to be a day of revelation of his judgment. And now this is interesting because it has been since May 21, 2011, which was judgment day on the world as God made the transition from the churches to now include all the unsaved people of the earth, that it has been since that day that we have grown in our understanding concerning the judgment of God. That is, now we realize 
that it's the same cup given to the nations of the world that was given to the church. That is, we realize it is a spiritual judgment, that the judgment that God poured out, the cup that the churches were to drink, was completely spiritual. It was the removal of the gospel light, the removal of the Holy Spirit, and as a result, the removal of salvation from all the churches and congregations of the world. And now that very identical cup is given to the nations. And so we learned, we have received correction. We had thought that God's judgment on the world must be physical in nature. Maybe we thought that because the world operates in the physical realm. And maybe since the church should be operating in the spiritual realm, we were uh, more quickly able to understand that that judgment upon them is spiritual. But we thought wrongly that the judgment on the world, which operates in the physical realm, must be of a physical nature. No, it's the same judgment, the same cup of wrath. It is the putting out of the gospel light, the removal of God's Spirit, concerning saving individuals in the world, and it is no more salvation as the door to heaven shut beginning on Judgment Day and in these days after that tribulation. So these things we now have learned, and we're, we're learning other things too. Could it be that God's plan in the day of judgment, since of course he knew that the true believers would remain upon the earth. That's something else we've learned, that it has never been God's plan to rapture the elect, but to leave them living upon the earth in the day of judgment, not that they are being judged. No, they've already been judged in Christ, but they will be severely tried and tested and And we found much information in the Bible that identifies God's plan to test his people a final time, bringing them through the fire of that fire which has been lit in the day of judgment, as 1 Corinthians 3 points out. So there's something else we've learned. And we've learned it since we've entered into the period of judgment day itself. And and so we can see that this is what God is saying here in Romans 2, 5, uh, speaking of the sinner who treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath. And that day of wrath is the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Let, let's now turn to Second Thessalonians and read a couple of verses you may have read before. But let's look at it now. Uh, with this idea of following this Greek word, apocalypsis, the revelation, uh, revelation 1, verse 1. And it says in Second Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning in verse 6, Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you, and to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, 
taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you you maybe didn't catch that word, but it's in verse 7. To you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. Here, it's undoubtedly referring to Judgment Day. And we know Judgment Day began on May 21 in a spiritual way. And here God speaks of Christ being revealed or the revelation of Christ from heaven. And you see, as we've gone along, Christ has been revealed as the judge. He is revealed as the one in flaming spiritual fire, taking vengeance on all the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. It's an act of vengeance, of wrath, for God to shut the door of heaven. And it has lit a spiritual fire in the earth. And uh, this fire uh, is burning up the wood, hay, and stubble. It, it has cut off two-thirds of mankind. One-third remains therein, according to Zechariah 13, 8 and 9. And God is bringing them through the fire as gold and silver. And that is because uh, they are being purified and purged and tried and they will endure to the end. But we find again this word revealed, that Christ is revealed. It it says in Luke 17, and this is not the identical word, but it's a related word, apocalupto. In Luke 17, verse 29 and 30, But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, this is the revelation of the mystery. It's the same idea, in fact, the same word in Second Thessalonians 2, 3, when we read of the man of sin being revealed. How was he revealed? He was revealed on the pages of the Scripture. God revealed him through his word to the understanding of his people. It's through, in other words, the Bible that we realize that Satan was loosed, that Satan entered into the churches as the man of sin to take his seat. No one saw this with their physical eyes. No one could prove this by anything outward or apart from the Bible. He was revealed exclusively on the pages of the Bible. And this is exactly how the Son of Man is revealed in the Day of Judgment. Well, we uh, we just want to look at one other place regarding the revelation of God and the mystery, and that's in Revelation 10, where the Lord speaks of the mystery being finished. And that's an interesting and very significant way that God puts it. And Lord willing, we'll look at that in our next time that we get together.